And so they go to the gardens. Uh, they morph human. Um, because, or Axe begins to theorize, like, maybe she's Arbat's niece. That would make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and <laughs> Estrid, not thinking about his internal monologue, is like, so do you think that I could maybe taste jelly beans again? Because those were fucking dope. <laughs> um, and Axe is like, maybe, uh, let's go to this vending machine. And he kicks it and gets a bunch of treats out of the vending machine, morphs to humans, and introduces Estrid to M&M's uh, and chocolate. We um, also learn that Estrid is an Estreen. Mm-hmm. She could just morph clothes. Yep. She, her normal mother was a morph dancer. So, uh, she learned- I want to know everything about morph dancing, to be clear. I just read this and was like, yo- Yo, mm-hmm. this is tight shit. This is like, I also love the notion, like, hey, we've got this technology that is for the military and we've already found an entertainment use for it. Well, this is some propaganda shit, is what this is. Yup. But also, morph dancing is dope as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, and she enjoys the M&Ms, naturally. Uh, they enjoy making mouth sounds at each other. Uh, particularly, <laughs> Axe blows a raspberry. Um, <laughs> and she also enjoys it. Um, cute. <laughs> she says, it would be very hard, hard uh, to have a mouth all the time. Tai yun. Time uh. It would be very difficult to concentrate on a plinto- Plint con a rhythmic equation for more than two minutes. One would be too busy tasting chocolate and making raspberries suh. <laughs> um, and then Axe blows another raspberry. And Axe blows another raspberry. And she leans in really close and Axe, uh, apropos of nothing, says, They have another use of mouths. <laughs> In addition to eating and making mouth sounds? Uh, yes, right. would you like to experience it? Is it pleasurable, she asked. I shrugged my large human shoulders. I do not know. I've never performed the action before. It requires two individuals, each possessing a minimum of one mouth. Best description of kissing. Just, yep. mwah, lovely. Yep. But ignoring the deeply aggravating comphetness of it all, I can actually understand a curiosity. Like, mm-hmm. you like the way eating feels. You like talking because of how it feels i haven't had a chance to try kissing yet but all the other stuff i've done with my mouth has been great Mm -hmm. and i have seen like we know he's seen like cassie and jake kiss Mm -hmm. so and he watches a lot of tv he watches so much tv (laughs) and everybody seems to have a real good time kissing on those shows Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i can see why again if they weren't cowards Estrid would have been a boy honestly yep I do have some issue with the way that Axe is, like, being written as, like, it feels very, like, stereotypical neurodivergent boy with a crush. Mm. Mm. Um, It feels less bad because Estrid also is being written pretty much the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So, but it it is still, there's there's this bit where I'm just like, Right. People don't know a lot about, like, autistic people when they write these things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the way that, like, he acts around her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It rubbed me a little bit wrong. Like, I don't feel as bad about it as I would, as I maybe would if he was doing this with, like, a human mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is another Andalite who's around his age who is also acting incredibly neurodivergent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it still feels like there's a lot of like stereotypes maybe unintentionally being played into, mm-hmm. but not as bad as it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it definitely feel... not making fun of them. Yeah, I think that's what it is because they're both like 
in the same level of experience. It doesn't feel either predatory or like it's mocking. It is yeah. just, it's othered, but it's not, it doesn't have any additional kind of elements to it that maybe make it more uncomfortable than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kiss and they both uh, decide that, yep, yeah, that's pleasant, but not as good as chocolate. And uh, I'm just over here like, ah, mood. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> chocolate is very good. Chocolate is very good is the thing. Okay. I've had some real bad chocolate and some real good kisses, though. So. <laughs> yes, statement. But- but two kisses between two people who not only don't usually have mouths but have never kissed before versus M&Ms for the first time, maybe? Like... Yeah, yeah okay. Now, <laughs> grant you. M&Ms being better than that specific kiss? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm remembering what my first kiss was like. Mm, yeah, nah, M&Ms definitely better. Oh, same. <laughs> and I was same. used to having a mouth. <laughs> so you know kissing is weird kissing is so fucking weird like it can be fun I like kissing kissing is fucking weird when you think about it what's that I think I feel like I mentioned before and then we've got to get back to the plot but that, <laughs> I think it was a TikTok about like Gabriel talking to God about kissing <laughs> just like they're licking into each other's mouths. I don't, it's, mm, do they like that? I don't know. They're like, this is why we had to uh, hinge the jaws because they were just full on putting their heads in each other's mouth. I have seen that one. <laughs> I, I love that TikTok so much. It is so funny. Like the guy who plays like God and Gabriel in it is, um, very funny. It's just like, just like, oh, do they find? And they find this pleasure. Of just like, which it's just like I assume, like the Like, would you like to? No. It's just like I'm so glad you made us without genitals. It's like, would you like some? No. <laughs> just no. Very good and funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we cut to them leaving the gardens, flying through the night. They check out the area of the um, community center that they will be attacking. Um, And Axe is like, I would really like to see my friends. Uh, And Astrid is like, why? This is is him. This is where it becomes clear that, oh yeah, no, he was in on it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when Astrid asks why, the reason he gives is, we were together through more battles than I can count. They are no longer my comrades in arms, but I am not indifferent to them. Loyalty is admirable, she said. Yes, it is. I said dejectedly. Uh, With the, like, knowing what happens, like, that he's in, this feels very, like, more aimed about, like, the Andalites. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My son. Yep. <laughs> uh, and they come upon Rachel, who is just going to fucking town on a McDonald's. In the parking lot, specifically. In the parking lot, like as a Like, smashing cars. <laughs> she is having there the is fucking a- time of her life. She now, breaks into is- the restaurant itself. This is full-on rage rooming. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it was like, hey, Rachel, we need you to just look like you've gone off the deep end. I know exactly what to do. Kind of break a McDonald's. <laughs> you feel like steal yeah, all the fries this- out of the fryer. Like knew, like knew this was a McDonald's, uh, like a McDonald's, a specific McDonald's that had a controller uh, manager. Presumably, this one has the entrance to the, a Yerk pool as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I lost my train of thought. But either way, just like, yeah, smashing cars, taking names, just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's great. Um But uh I forget that I fear her destruction is indiscriminate. Prince Jake would never have allowed it. Um and Cassie runs out from the restaurant. 
mm-hmm. morphs Owl and swoops into the sky. So they follow her to the barn uh, where, for some reason, who can say why, Marco and Jake just hanging out there mm-hmm. um, at night. Marco uh, is just like drinking a soda, reading a magazine. Um, so, and, and like, Marco, you got to, Cassie's like in a tizzy, just like, you got to help me. Rachel's going totally personal. Let me don't know what's not my problem. Me, I like Burger King. It's just <laughs> very funny. Um, Jake is just hiding in a stall. From Tom. Ostensibly yeah, from Tom. Yeah. Uh, this is where I feel like the kids are going a little bit ham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any, anyone that wasn't used to humans, this will work on. But, like, this is full on, like, peering over, like, the stalls. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cassie being like, fight back. And she's like, what happened to our resident nonviolence advocate? Shut up, Marco. Jake, are you going to help me or not? And there's some mm, little grapples in the rafters fighting a third, driving it away. And which makes Jake jump, so he hides in the stall. And Mark is like, nope, not going. Um, and Craig's like, what about Rachel? Listen, if she shows up at the beach tomorrow, I'll talk to her. Now what? Now why spoil her fun? And then she, Cass like, are you jerks? Get out! And she just screams at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ash's like, I have seen enough. And they quietly make their way out of the barn and uh, take wing. Uh, and she's like, oh, I pity you, Axe How did you endure it? How could you bear to live among such inferior creatures? And I'm just imagining the kids at the bar just, like, lo- trying not to laugh. Yeah. Having done this. Just, like, offer, like Marco offering Cassie so much, are you okay? I did not know you could scream that loud. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. you can make a lot of noise for somebody so small. Uh-huh. Uh, just, um... But Damn, yeah. Cassie, you got some pipes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Axe explains it off like they're demoralized by the prospect of certain defeat. And Astrid is unconvinced, like, perhaps, but no Andalite would behave so. Even in defeat, we are proud. Uh, she sounded arrogant and vain, like me, which is just like sad. And also how we know he has acted in the past and also some great foreshadowing of how not proud mm-hmm. we are going to see one of these ad lights later. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love It's also She's- like she doesn't push back at the idea that they, they're facing certain defeat at all. She said, well, look, yeah. Does, like she doesn't care. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, nope, the Andalites aren't coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're screwed, so as long as we uh, accomplish our mission, mission, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Which tracks with how she explains things later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Estrid as a foil to Axe. Um. And showing us how much he's grown and changed. It's good shit. This author yeah. understood the assignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what this is? Growth. <laughs> <laughs> you all heard you all heard the hand gesture, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh so they go back to the ship. Uh Estrid uh announces, that's the third time I've seen that fierce-looking bird with a sharp beak. And Axe looks up, it's a red it's a red tail uh, above a large grackle, and Axe is just like, Earth has so many birds, and each have hundreds of thousands or even millions of members. It looks familiar, though. Birds all look the same. <laughs> She's I a good props to her for being observant, but also good think, job, Axe. Yeah, I was gonna say, reading it, that's where I I had a moment of that. That was when it really cinched it for me because I was mm-hmm, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, so supposed to bias has been there the whole time." Oh, that was all bullshit. And then I started looking back, going, "Ah, mm-hmm, ah," because mm-hmm, I try mm-hmm. not to read the notes in the document when people have read it ahead of me, so I don't get spoiled in comments. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Yes, good fuckery." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing such a fuckery. It's so yep. good. 
Yep. It's, yeah. <laughs> the fa- like, the implication that Axe could not tell Tobias immediately is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact, like, yes, red tails are definitely the most common bird of prey in the United States. Uh, Axe would know. <laughs> yeah, because we also know, like, <laughs> leaving aside, like, the var- variations in markings as well, like, mm-hmm. and how that can come from individual birds, like, he's gone through some damage too like i know he things heal and stuff but also there's a vibe just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Hmm, why does that bird look like it has ptsd that bird looks like it's seen some shit it's like fun story and by fun i mean heartbreaking uh-huh. <laughs> i just i got done reading a um a fic uh the other day that had a time loop going on in it and somebody having died so many times at this point mm-hmm. and just like somebody immediately on hearing his voice like like what happened what's wrong why do mm. you sound like that Mm-hmm. Like, either he looked exactly the same. Like, it was just clear in his voice that something was wrong. Because, mm-hmm. like, how can I prove to you in the next loop that I'm in a loop? It's just like, it talked like that. Oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's good, good shit. Good shit. Um, um, so, having played that off... Um, yes. He was, he's like thinking about, he's on watch. Um, and it's all, okay, fine. Just don't touch anything. Um, he thinks about Estrid. Um, and then he, he, he like his breath catches and he's like, he's missed, I'm like, I've missed something probably because I've got feeling, caught feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes back to the, uh, plinth kind of through, Clint Conorimithmic Physics, mm-hmm. which is uh, a cutting-edge biochemical engineering, so not physics. I don't know enough about science. Um, In- if, how- it's bio- if it's engineering, it's related to this. Oh, okay, fair. It requires thinking coherently in N dimensions. Yeah, it is the plaything yeah. of geniuses. And how it's not, even amongst intellectuals, it's not a common choice to study Mm -hmm. like it's like the nerds nerd shit um (laughs) like as the book says and as it just said a plaything of geniuses it's it's an unsolvable math equation (laughs) yeah that's like why would esther be concentrating one of these equations it means nothing it's a saying um like when marco says that something isn't exactly rocket science or when rachel sneers that someone is a regular einstein and just like this boy and his friends Yeah. Um, uh, Godrod told me to touch nothing nevertheless I approached the access panel on the main console <laughs> uh, and he taps in using the code um, and because of the age of the, the ship model it's actually quite easy for him to like work around the system mm-hmm. um, how this, um, obs- this particular model obsolete for scientific research pressed him to serve as medical transport in the last two wars but when he tries to call up personnel records, um, it, it's not an alarm. It's just like a, a warning comes up. Encrypted data available to Apex level clearance only. Enter code. And mm-hmm. uh, Axe rapidly finds himself with a tail blade against his throat. And Aeloth is there like, spying is a capital offense. <laughs> I am not spying. Then what are you doing? I have forgotten much. I was trying to familiarize myself with the workings of the ship. Um, and he, Aeloth a- lets it go. She's like, okay, trying to familiarize the ship or with your comrades? Both. I would not regard that as spying. And Aeloth just slouches, just like, so it has begun to occur to you that you have fallen in with a bad crowd, eh, brother of Elfangor? I am simply curious. And Aeloth just looks at him, just like, no, I trained for a while under your brother. He's different, or he was different. Um, most of them, it's almost as if life has never had them anything but easy grazing. But Elfangor, he had lived. You could tell. He had seen things. Yes, he had. 
I didn't know what else to say. I did not trust Aloth's intensity. The assassin was a dangerous person. Aloth laughed his cynical laugh. You want to know the secrets? You want to know who we are? I will tell you, little Eximali. You know what I was doing before I volunteered for this mission? No. Sitting in military prison. Life sentence. I took a step back. Do not fear me, little Aris. I'm no danger to you. My crime was that I had no use for hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is not illegal. Not all hypocrisy, he agreed. If it were, what would we do for leaders? They would all be in jail. Now me, I was sought caught selling organs off the battlefield. They're of no use to the dead, right? Why should someone not make use of them? And why should I not receive something for my trouble? It's like the Andalite Battle Code prohibits the selling of organs off the battlefield because it might encourage a less scrupulous person to hasten a comrade's end or cause it, um, which is just incredible and mm -hmm. some good foresight, frankly. Um but a crack shot and a sniper could ensure a steady supply of organs. No wonder he had been sentenced to life. I was careful not to let my disgust show. Like, yes, you see, Arith's XMLI, I am not a hero of the people, but at least I am not a coward. Are you saying I am? He laughed, surprised. You? No, I met Gonrod. He was in the same prison as me, though he faced a lesser sentence. His crime was cowardice under fire. A coward and a murderer, both Andalite officers. Were these my own kind? We were offered the promise of pardon if we successfully completed this mission, Aeloth continued. And what about Arbat? The assassin shook his head. As far as I know, he is here to assassinate Visser Three. Gonrod is a coward, but an excellent pilot. His job was to get us here in a substandard ship. Mine is to kill Visser Three if Arbat can get me close enough to do so. With your help, Arbat may succeed meaning that I succeed. I see. That makes sense, does it? I'm not sure anything makes sense on this mission. Um, I did not have anything to say to that, but I had a question. Aeloth, who is really in command of this unit? Arbat, Gonrod, or is it you? Aeloth just laughs, and sometimes little Aerith's, I think it is the female. Fucking good foreshadowing right there. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Good shit. And this is where I had the re realization, just like, oh, <laughs> this is the Andalite version of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was around here that I also started realizing that. <laughs> but yeah, specifically like the Andalite does Suicide Squad, which makes uh, Estrid, <laughs> like Harley Quinn, as mm -hmm. the smart one who's really good and elegant in battle, just like, ah, yes, good. <laughs> I guess I realized, go. Oh, this is a suicide mission, and then it started getting, like, we got all the other information, and it was just like, Danielle! <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, no, I, I literally, it was just, like, the fact that it was literally felt like suicide, because, like, oh, these guys were in prison, and are being let out of prison to do this. Mm -hmm. Fucking hell. Just fucking uh, <laughs> waiting for Amanda Waller to come out. <laughs> very good. <laughs> But hey, it's time to attack the community center. Um, because it's mission time. Yep. And um, Gonrod lands perfectly. Uh, they found um, they've got a full map of the center, including a meeting room, and there's also what they think is another entrance to the Yerk pool because it's a room that basically just seems to have no floor. Um, but they've got their mission. Uh, two going in the south door, stop the guards before raising the alarm. Uh, two others doing it the same at the east entrance, the long halls, so any disturbance is not going to be heard. Hands out weapons. Um, we get this interplay between Aloth and Arbat about, uh, like, you know, you got to pull the trigger if you go there first. Um, and I like, okay, should we wager? And she's like, no, we will do better than a wager. I will kill him. You will wait until I fail. And Gunnar's like, uh, he's a cheap sniper, you? And then he just does this little trick shot bullshit mm -hmm. to show that he can nail a shot. Uh, and it's not an impossible shot he makes, but it's impressive. Um, it's just like, yeah, one doesn't rise to apex level without some basic skills. Um, 
and uh, Estrid's told she's staying on the ship. Um, we get this, I have decided you will stay on the ship. That is to say, Commander Gonrod decided. <laughs> uh, and she's like, I refuse. And God's like, you refused an order from your commanding officer? Um, but I, and then Arbat just screams at her. Mm-hmm. Silence, you will do as you are ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, and Estrid backs down, clearly like shocked by this outburst. Mm-hmm. And there is a little conversation that happens in private thought speak between Arbat and Estrid. Um, and he picks up on the fact that she's sort of angry and scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, they land. Uh, Axe is like, yeah, nah, this guy might not be able to command for shit, but he really is good at piloting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just like literally like parked on like a perfect hover not six inches from the roof of the main building. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh they axe they they get ready to go axe quotes rachel let us rock and roll uh and he laughs at the meaninglessness of the statement um and they they get through like all the controllers who are on guard very quickly um of course it helps that they have literal uh shredders that will stun people immediately like um, but they make quick work. They get, uh, the, the room that this is happening in is, uh, it, some kind of theater type area. Um, Vista 3 is up on stage. They are looking down from a balcony. Um, and I, I, I picture like a lecture hall almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what might be deliberate is like a church. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they have a shot. Um, and everyone takes aim at Visser 3 with their shredders. Um, Axe is relieved that Arbat, Arbat had taken the honor of the first shot, relieved that he does not have to take aim and watch the Visser's head flame. Which is just a terrible fucking description. <laughs> um, and so Aloth, Arbat, and Axe basically all have a shot at Visser 3 here. It's Arbat's first shot, and Axe realizes with a sudden clarity, uh, I knew suddenly with the, with the clarity that sometimes comes from moments of great stress that Arbat would miss. And Arbat does. Uh, it was an easy shot, uh, much easier than the trick shot he made on the ship. Um, but he misses this. Um, Aloth also fires, but he misses, uh, because the Visser basically ducks. It's like <laughs> the Visser realizes what's going on and ducks. Um, Axe still has a shot, but he hesitates and continues to hesitate. And by the time uh, he finally does shoot. He's missed his opportunity. Uh, Gonrod takes a shot. He misses. Um, Aloth takes another shot. He misses. Uh, and at this point, like, their, their chance is blown. They, they are totally done. Um, and the Visser 3 is morphing something small. Uh, and a battalion of hork come marching in, having heard the sounds of battle. Gonrod gasps. Um, a battalion of hork is terrifying to behold. Um, and I like this uh, battle as seen through the eyes of these Andalites. Like, Gonrod is appropriately terrified by the aspect of the prospect of this battle. Whereas Axe has been fighting these battles for so fucking long that like he's able to basically totally keep his cool. Um uh they jump down from the balcony, 
uh, Axe loses sight of Gonrod. He runs into Aloth, can't find Arbat. Um, he and Aloth kind of make for the exit, um, fighting as they head out. Um, they find Arbat. They open up an exit for him. Um, they say the mission is aborted. They can't find Gonrod. Aloth takes the opportunity to, like, like he's looking actively for Gonrod. Like, we cannot leave him behind for obvious reasons. And in the moment that he's looking, uh, Aloth is dealt a really bad blow um, by a hork It's described as slashing him from shoulder to hawk. So basically, like, all the way across his torso. Um, and took took out both front front knees. Yes. Um, and our Aloth kind of just slumps. Um, Axe kills that Horpagier, uh, and strafes in as he had seen Arbat doing. Um, trying to get, get close to Aloth because he recognizes that, like, Aloth was very badly hurt, but he can survive this. One, with the morphing power, any wound is survivable as long as you can maintain concentration. And two, even without morphing, like, if we can get in and get him out of here, then, then he'll, he'll be okay. Or at least he won't die. Um, and as Aloth is climbing to his feet to kind of accept Axe's help, um, he is shot clean through the head by Arbat. Um, just straight up dead as a doornail. Um, Arbat orders the retreat and Axe is like, what the fuck just happened? Um, but they get out. Estrid calls down from the ship that, uh, she's coming down with the ship to get them. Um, they get onto the ramp. Estrid is like, where's Aloth? And Arbat's like, don't fucking worry about it. Just get us out of here. Gonrod actually made it back to the ship and is piloting them away. Um, and Axe informs everyone, Aloth is dead. He looked away from the fight, looked for you, and was injured. Gonrod yanked a lever. The ship made a st- sharp vertical ascent. I thought it best to retreat for strategic reasons. Gonrod's voice was defensive. Retreated? Gonrod had run like a coward. The record will reflect that you retreated for strategic region- reasons in order to allow us to escape, Arbat said as we rocketed upward. It will also reflect that I terminated Aloth because he was too injured to escape, he added, holding my gaze. He was not, I protested. He could have gotten safely back to the ship with our help. But we could not take that risk, could we? Arbat answered smoothly. We could not take the chance that another Andalite body would become a Yurk host. I shook with anger, fear, and with confusion. Arbat had had two opportunities to kill this or three. He had failed in both instances, and he had killed the officer who had been ordered to kill the Visser if he did not. What was going on here? What possible motive could he have for sabotaging his own unit's mission? Estrid spoke to me. Aximali, you are upset. Calm yourself. She is right, Arbet said. Let us not mourn a fallen warrior. Let us honor his memory by avenging him. Now, tell me about the Yurk pool. Uh, Gonrod is like, uh, no, we're not fucking attacking the Yurk pool. Fuck that. No. Um, my orders are not to do that. I'm in command. Uh, that's too risky. We're, we're, we, we cannot risk getting captured. Fuck no. Um, and Arbat is like, let me remind you that I'm apex level intelligence. And if I chose to, I could relieve you of command. And then you would have no choice but to follow my orders. Um, and Gonrod's like, but the war council. <laughs> and Arbat's like, don't worry about the war council. We have an understanding. They know what I'm doing. Um, it's, 
<laughs> it was a masterpiece of understatement. The apex level of Andalite intelligence pretty much ran the War Council. Which is a scary fucking thought, considering what we learn Arbat is here to do. Uh-huh! Mm-hmm. It sure is! Um, and Arbat's like, the RS will lead us in tonight, and Gonrod and Estrid just kind of accept this. Um, they land back at the gardens, and they're like, alright, well, we're gonna take a short rest, because that was a lot. Um, and Axe uh volunteers to take second watch so he goes back to his room morphs harrier uh goes and gets mr king um and then comes back to relieve gonrod gonrod of first watch um and once axe once the coast is clear axe tells mr king like hey it's safe and mr king hacks into the ship with ease. Um, and we love the chi. We love the chi. And we learn everything about, we, well, we learn the following. We learn that Aloth, Arbat, and Gonrod are all reported already as being killed in action in a system called the Rakham Guru on a ship called the Ralic River. And the ship was destroyed. And there is no record of Estrid anywhere. And not even in Academy Files. Uh, and Axe begins to put everything together very quickly. The Andalite War Council did not expect this ship to return. The Andalite War Council did not want this ship to return. This ship was on a suicide mission. And he goes back to the quarters to try to find Estrid. Uh, she is not in her room, but he can sense vibrations coming from the second floor. Uh, the one that is supposedly decommissioned and not, uh, in use. Um, and he goes down to the second floor. And as soon as he passes through a force field that is separating the second floor from the drop shaft, uh, he is assaulted with the smell of death and diseased flesh uh the walls are lined yeah the walls are lined with casket vaults that are empty now but still suffused with the scent of death um and he opens the laboratory door uh which where, where the smell is replaced with the smell of decontaminant uh he opens the laboratory door and estrid is inside pouring the contents of one vial into another. Um, and she sees Axe and uh, jolts in surprise, and the vial starts to fall from her grasp. And she is so freaked out by the prospect of this vial falling that Axe like, moves on instinct to dive forward and catch uh, this vial. And Estrid is like, give it to me, please. Please give it to me really carefully. <laughs> um, and he's like, what is it, Estrid? And she's like, that's not your concern. And he gets to his feet and she's like, careful to be, be very careful with that. He begins to Big open Elizabeth it. Elizabeth with the coin in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, Just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not important. Oh, oh. yep um and he he plays keep away um and he's like i have grown very tired of being lied to i want the truth go ask arbat i am asking you i cannot answer uh but you can i held the vial gingerly and twisted open the cap no you idiot question number one you are not an artist are you her eyes flickered no she said after a long pause Yes and no, she amended. I was made an honorary artist for this mission, but I have never attended the academy. Where'd you learn tail fighting then? My brother is like the highest scoring exhibition tail fighter on the Andalite planet, and he taught me everything that he knows. Uh, 
Are you also Arbat's niece? No, his student at the University of Advanced Scientific Theory. I was astounded, but you are young. Yes, I am a prodigy, a genius. I do not mean to sound immodest, but it is true. It has not been easy, she said softly. At the university, they treated me as a joke when I arrived. A young female, so of course they forced me into subparticle fusion. The eyes on her face flashed with anger. I was so intellectually frustrated, I wanted to die. Then I met Arbat. He saw past my youth and gender. He saw what I could do if I had the freedom and the tools. His influence changed everything. I received my own lab, permission to follow my own area of interest. Flint conarhythmic physics? She nodded. Theoretical or applied? Applied. Yes, of course. Slowly, carefully, I placed the vial on the counter. What is it? I asked, almost certain that I would rather not know. A prion virus of sorts. I would explain, but you... No, I would not understand, I admitted. I discovered it. By accident, really. When I confided in Arbat, he sealed off my lab to the rest of the faculty, and my research was classified as Apex-level weapons intelligence. It is a weapon? She nodded. Three benign particles. In combination, they form a quasi-virus. A progra programmable virus. Deadly to yerks. I shivered with revulsion. Germ warfare. Her eye stalks drooped. There is one problem, she continued. One of the components is subject to... To simplify, it has a vol volatility that could cause it to mutate in a yerk within a human host. Meaning, meaning it could become deadly to humans also. <clears throat> so I hate Arvat so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate him. Hate this. Yep. It's the grossest shit. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. Also, just had a thought. How the fuck did she discover a prion virus studying whatever the fuck that other thing is? Well, it's specified it's prion, not prion, as in prion disease, right? Like, prion it's, is a it's, different spelling? It's the... So, prion diseases are specifically caused by a misfolded protein that wreaks havoc on all of your other proteins. And can cause them to also misfold, um, which is why it's so dangerous, because it's not, like, uh, a thing that you can vaccinate against Undo. or, or yeah. you know, use any of our normal uh, 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 strategies against viruses. Um, mad cow disease is a prion virus. Um, and... So that, that, that is what she has found here, is, is some combination of misfolded proteins that will be deadly to Yerks, and that could have some kind of uh, bleed-over effect into humans, where this protein that normally would only affect Yerks would also affect humans. I do um, like that nod to some, because it's like, if... It makes sense, like if it, because specifically if the yerk is in a human host, it can mutate in the same way that certain diseases mm -hmm. can move. I mean, that's why mad cow disease was such a problem because mm -hmm. if you eat the contaminated meat, mm -hmm. you get sick. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And I'm just gonna read all of 23 and the first little bit of 24 because there's a lot. There's here. so much. Yep, go for and it. And then we can we can begin to unpack it. Now it was all clear, crystal clear. Gonrod and Aloth were dupes. This mission was about Arbat and Estrid. Gonrod was an expendable pilot. Aloth, a thug. The War Council sent them to Earth with the understanding that their mission was to assassinate Visser Three. The reality was that Estrid and Arbat were here on a genocidal errand for which no one on the War Council was willing to take official responsibility. Not after the disaster on the hork planet. In fact, the War Council might know nothing of this mission at all. Was Arbat a renegade? No wonder Arbat had not wanted Visser III assassinated. Had Aloth successfully killed him, Gonrad would have, Gonrod would have been forced to report mission accomplished over the secure communication channels. Even if Arbat could have kept Gonrod from reporting back, the news of Visser III's death would have traveled swif swiftly enough. A War Council that either needed to deny or did not even know of a mission of Earth to Earth 
would have found an announcement of success a bit of an embarrassment. Then the deeper thought struck me. It was about me. You needed me. Only I could give you the location of the Yerk pool. It is too well shielded from your sensors. You needed me. Estrid met my gaze. If she was ashamed, she hid it well. Your appearance at the newspaper was no accident. You needed to encounter me. And the attack on the community center? Necessary to show me that the only remaining alternative was the Yerk pool. The best place to introduce the virus. You used me. Visser Three murdered your brother. We knew that you would have no alternative but to help us kill him. I wanted to deny it. Wanted her to deny it. An immoral, illegal, despicable mission. And I was a necessary part of it all. I was a pawn in a terrifying replay of the crimes on the Horkbashir world. Aloran, the Andalite who later became the host body of Visser Three, had directed the use of biologicals to exterminate the Horkbashir. Better dead than hosts and weapons of the Yerks. How many Horkbashir had died, no one knew. Enough survived to supply shock troops to the Yerks. It was a crime that seared the conscience of all Andalites. It was an evil so profound that we would never be free of its taint. And now, again? Again? You cannot do this, I told Estrin. Why not? She lifted her chin. I am working to eliminate the instability. But even if it does prove fatal to humans as well as Yerks, our aims are achieved. The Yerks will never be able to use this planet as a host colony. The humans will not die in vain. The Yerks scourge will stop here. They will not succeed in, ex in enslaving one more race. Your logic is indisputable, yet if the price of freedom is the loss of an entire sentient species, then perhaps the price is too high. The universe is a vast place, Aximali Escarutha still. We cannot afford to be sentimental about one species. There is too much at stake. Aximali, if you only understood the elegance of the equations, if you could grasp the mathematical beauty, we are on the verge of deploying a weapon that, once it is perfected, will make us invulnerable. We will have absolute power throughout the galaxy. We can destroy the Yerks, but not only the Yerks. We can stop all wars, all destruction, annihilate all enemies of decency and goodness before they can carry out their evil. Estrid, if you are prepared to kill everyone, anyone that opposes you, I asked her, how are you different from the Yerks? We are Andalites. Estrid, you cannot do this. Yes, she can, said a voice in the doorway. And she will. Arbat stood in the doorway, holding a shredder on us. I have relieved Gonrod of command, Arbat answered. He is confined to his quarters. I said, Arbat, have you told Estrid that her name, her presence here on this ship, her very existence has already been wiped from the databanks? That caught Arbat by surprise. How? But he caught himself quickly. A security precaution. No. Preparation for a suicide mission. I turned my face to Estrid. You may imagine that this terrible deed is approved of by the people, but it is not. The Andalite people would arrest you and charge you as a criminal. That is why the people will never be told. That is why only the dregs of the Andalite military, Aloth and Gonrad, could be used. You have said enough, Aris, Arbat snarled. They needed you, Estrid. They needed a person of your geni genius to manage the weapon. But you, like Aloth and Gonrad, will never survive. Arbat cannot allow it. Only he can survive. The Apex-level intelligence agents, agent who passed himself off as a professor. Why? To find someone like you, Estrid. Estrid focused her main eyes on Arbat. Is it true what Aximali says? She asked. Arbat glared at us both, but then his face softened when he looked at Estrid. Yes. I am truly sorry. I have deceived you. If it is any comfort, it was to protect you. Protect me? From what? You brought me here to die. To protect you from history's judgment, he said, his voice thick with emotion. The people must be led by the few who are willing to make the very hard choices. The people are happy in their ignorance, but we in the apex level cannot allow ourselves to be sentimental. He pressed a button, a control panel slid from the wall, Arbet quickly programmed it. Bright green streaks shot from the floor to ceiling, creating bars, a laser cage around the two of us. Arbat took the vial from the counter. I am sorry. You will die, Estrid, but not in vain. Arbat, it is not too late. Don't do it, I begged. To my surprise, his old, 
world-weary eyes shone with emotion. This war must end, Aristh. It has caused too much suffering, too much killing. Think of all the bright young scientists, artists, and thinkers conscripted year after year to feed this war. So many brilliant and creative minds turned from decent pursuits to the job of killing. Good Andalites all. Good Andalites forced to make hard, cruel decisions. I would have liked to tail with him. None of this was about the Yerks, the humans, or even the Andalites. It was about what he saw as his duty, his right, the self-pity of the murderer. This is not the way to end it, I told him. He shook his head. That is not for you to decide. The strong must must decide. The weak can only obey. And he leaves. He and there's there's so much, uh, it's, there's so much, there's so much. So, uh, the Andalites, the higher ups in the Andalite military, uh, found it acceptable to eliminate the Hork-Bajir, but not the Yurks, because the Yurks were intelligent and the Hork-Bajir were deemed not intelligent enough to be worth it. And so they decided that killing the Yurt, the Hork-Bajir, would solve the problem. Here, at least, and I say that in the most sarcastic way possible, uh, they're specifically trying to target the Yurks, and the humans are just acceptable collateral damaged. The level of, of sarcasm that I, that I am just, oh, the Andalites are learning. Like, <laughs> Jesus, they're, mm, they're learning the wrong lessons. Yeah, it's... I... <sighs> There's a lot here to be... To, to talk about, like, the way that the military machine purposefully keeps things from public conscience because uh, the public wouldn't allow it because they're too soft morally. They they can't see what needs to be done, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and as if they just don't know that it's happening, then we can so- stop this war once and for all. And it is despicable uh and it it's just so much it it it's one of the things that i really resent about the narratives of like we're protecting the people uh-huh. from the horrors of war mm-hmm. um because it's not that because at the end of the day, they're trying to absolve themselves because they don't want to be judged. Mm-hmm. At the end, because an informed population will object, might uprise, might disagree with you, and then mm-hmm. unseat you from your seat of power. Mm-hmm. It serves the propaganda machine to keep people ignorant, which is why, like, when when you look at like all the protesting to the Vietnam War, for mm-hmm. example, is so readily on, and then later the um, the wars in Iraq. When we can, when the public can get to see what's going on, when there is no way of keeping from them what is happening, people object to it. Mm-hmm. People question their governments. People question their military, and it's really hard to pretend that you are acting in the world's best interest when the fucking evidence is going viral around the world about what you did. Mm-hmm. The thing, and what's shitty, there are always going to be people that do agree, go, yeah, no, we were in the right, we were correct to go there. And whether that's because they've bought into the propaganda, whether they genuinely hold the belief of anyone that doesn't look like me is acceptable with damage, and I don't care, because there are people like that, because that's what white supremacy does. Mm-hmm. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. And I just like, and this is such 
as we've said, an Andalite centric. She's like, oh, the tragedy of all these these scientists mm-hmm. having to do war when they could have been out here curing Andalite cancer. Yeah. It's like, what about all the Yurks who don't believe in what the Yurk Empire is doing and the good they can do? What about all the humans? doing amazing incredible things that you haven't even considered looking at because only andalites are worth considering Mm -hmm. it is so unbelievably short-sighted and arrogant Mm -hmm. that the andalite were andalites the only people with worth yeah and i am so relieved that throughout this is like axe's horror is palpable Mm -hmm. and his disgust is palpable yeah it's uh, it's hard to read it is in in the best possible way Mm -hmm. like and again this is one of the things how anybody can come out of reading animorphs being like (laughs) right aligned or and just like come away with those sorts of attitudes yeah when these books are not subtle about their stance. Yeah. Which isn't to say that there aren't left-aligned cough-cough Democrats who don't yeah. absolutely believe this bullshit. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's people who can come out of the series not even necessarily like believing this, but Oh, the thought just totally evaporated from my brain. It is that sort of liberal mindset that the mm-hmm. end of the day, it is for the greater good and that yeah. belief yeah. that, well, yeah, no, horrible things do have to happen in war. War's bad. We know war's bad. Of course mm-hmm. war is bad. But if it gets us where we need to be, then... Yeah. A necessary evil. Yeah. Um, I hate the concept of necessary evil. No evil so is necessary. Much. Mm. like this is actively choosing and the notion of and this is where you like esther fully although she makes choices like just like talking about and i think again we were talking you were saying earlier izzy about how she is painted almost as like as neurodivergent as axes like Mm -hmm. for her it's just numbers Mm -hmm. she is not engaging either maybe because she can't or hasn't occurred to her about what the loss of life actually is because she's seeing numbers and a perfect equation. Mm -hmm. And there is elegance and beauty in that. Uh, One of my favorite lines in Pacific Rim is, I think it's um, mathematics is the closest we get to the handwriting of God. Mm. Like there is a, there is something to it that I can, my (laughs) humanity's aligned ass is just like, okay, you guys have fun over there. I'm going to go sing on the stage and pretend to be somebody else. <laughs> this is how I operate. But it's seeing that disconnect from her mm-hmm. and like an axe recognizing in her this disconnect. And it's also great because, again, these comments uh, were coming through, like in comparison to conversations we've seen the animorphs have about various things, like, we know Marco is capable of seeing the clear white line and all that, but he isn't allegating, and it's for the best. He's like, this sucks, but it is a choice that could be made. And the different ways that these characters engage with the morality of what they're doing by either cutting themselves off completely from the morality of it or thinking, well, the the costs the way uh, was it the 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 the, the, the costs outweigh the means the the, the means. ends outweigh the means. Thank God. So I'm, yeah, I was like, what? How does this go? What is this expression? <laughs> yeah, it's it reminds me strongly of uh, the Manhattan Project. Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, where there were a lot of really smart, really impactful scientists who worked on that shit uh, 
and who specifically came over to our side to work on that ship because they didn't want the Germans doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminds me of uh, Alfred Nobel, um, who later founded the the Nobel Peace Prize, or donated his, his fortune to it. And one of the reasons why he set that up is because his work in uh, the making of dynamite and the explosive power of nitroglycerin uh, benefited a lot of killing in wars. And later he looked back and was like, ah, yeah, the, the, the science was cool, but at what cost? Um, yeah, and this was, yeah, like, he shows... Like- reparations is the wrong word but like this need to recognize mm-hmm. and encourage things for other means mm-hmm. um but yeah and and just the it, the parallels to the manhattan project in general are really strong in terms was of it, like uh, this will end the war mm-hmm. yeah was it oppenheimer who said and i have become i am become death yeah i think so um, I'll, I'll double check in a I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Um, yes, Oppenheimer. Uh, and just the this this is a terrible thing that we're doing, but it will end the war. And it's it's and please the the heavy sarcastic derogatory emphasis I'm putting on this just two cities um and like how the scientists that work on that that worked on that pretty much to a man were ashamed of it for the rest of their lives uh how we don't know who piloted the Enola Gay because no one would ever want to claim that. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's really heavy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is, it's so much, and it's, it's portrayed, I think, really well here. I think, um, yes. it's our given writer. Weights did a yeah. very good job of giving it the necessary weight of, as Jade pointed out, of portraying Axe's horror and disgust appropriately to this. Um, and just, like, the the levels of deception that had to occur in order for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And just all of these things. Um, the way that Arbat, uh, justifies it to himself and the way that, you know, like, because the, those people who are at the apex level intelligence are the strong people who have the strength to make these horrible decisions. And it's like, whew. Kate, that's killing. Yeah. Uh, on a slightly lighter note, kind of, not really, mm-hmm. but to go back to the game we played, <laughs> uh huh. I appreciate more and more as we learn more about like how the Andalites uh can be with this stuff, like how we all played that game, mm-hmm. and like the accuracy that. Uh, Jade, you and I, and Dirk, like, all specifically played with having some hand in what happened with, like, the hork in the game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, we were all not proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, there's, um... I am, uh, I haven't read it in a while. I lost my copy. I say this. I lent it to somebody and never got it back. Um, I need to buy a new one. Uh, the book World War Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider it to be a fantastic read. If you're not into zombie stuff, you don't read it. <laughs> um, but there is a lot of, 
um, talking about like people on the other side of making those cho- sorts of choices and just like what it does to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a particular character in it who's revealed to have come up with a really horrible strategy for dealing with a zombie outbreak that really works mm-hmm. but is horrifying and everybody judges um, because it is horrible and like talk, showing about how not okay that person was in the aftermath of it. Mm. And what's interesting is seeing um, Arbat, he's on the front side of that. He hasn't gotten to the other side of it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, but like the way when you are granted a certain amount of power and what that can do to you and the the way it makes you feel like you not only can but should make certain choices mm-hmm. and that again that innate horror like our is clearly portrayed as bad here as being in the wrong but the way he is talking is not dissimilar from the way we see good guys talk about things mm-hmm. and that's clearly deliberate because mm-hmm. like it's not hard to see how a character could get from point a to point b yeah it's good and upsetting and yeah. incredibly impactful to read <laughs>